Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. How's it going, everybody? This is Chris at it with another top 10. I'm here with Isaac. What's going on, Isaac? What's up, Chris? How you doing, brother? Doing great. And we're still waiting on one more to pop up, but we're going to um, debate the top 10 film soundtracks. Is that correct? Yes, indeed, that is. I thought it would be a nice idea today to talk about the fantastic soundtracks that have gripped our curiosity for quite a while now. And it's, I think the most exciting part of a movie can be the soundtrack. And so I figured that'd be a nice topic. So we should dive into that. <laughs> no, great. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is your pick. Um, we all kind of rallied around you on this one. So without any further ado, why don't you just start us off with uh, your number 10 pick, Isaac? <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, it's the one everybody's going to hate me for. Um, my number 10 pick, and it's, I, I put it very low on the list, but I feel like it has an amount of cultural significance that it should be mentioned. Um, my number 10 pick is actually the first Shrek soundtrack. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. Stay okay. with me. Go, Stay go with ahead, me man. Okay. <laughs> okay. That would so that would be way off. I was staring off into space, not because I was ignoring you, because I hear my no. my neighbors mowing the grass right now, and then you hear Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, what? No, what did you say? I'm dead serious. <laughs> okay. So the reason I say the Shrek soundtrack is for a number of reasons. We'll start off with uh, just the movie itself. I thought it was actually a very nice addition because it was a very good introduction to me for me. Uh, to licensed music. And um, I, it got me into some artists that I didn't think uh, I'd ever be into. Uh, Eel is actually a very good so a very good band that I started listening to because uh, there was that scene where Shrek and Fiona were blowing up the frogs and like having that, you know, uh, bonding montage and uh, my monster and me was playing. And I thought this is some really nice soft rock elements and some little, <laughs> like, energetic twangy bits. And I thought that was nice. And, of course, we have the infamous, ultimate All-Star by Smash Mouth, the, like, ultimate party song, which I know everyone might be tired of that. I still listen to it recreationally at work almost every week because it's wow. just kind of a bop. It really is a great song and I think Smash Mouth is actually a very good band and um, not, not really special what? by any means, <laughs> but they're not bad. Objectively. No, they're, they're not bad at all. Um, wow. And I thought there's that, but also um, the cultural significance of it was I, I never expected Shrek to be, as, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, Shrek is a gigantic meme. It is a big joke. Everyone knows about it, whether they're good jokes, bad jokes, oversaturated, it may be. They're there. Oh, yeah, and there's tired. a weird it's significance that, that have been, oh, yeah. And they've been going on for a long time. And 
it's it's very strange to see something that came out in 2004, 2005, still manage to be so relevant because people thought the all-star meme was so funny that they just kept making it. And then it evolved into this strange amalgamation of video editing and artwork and storytelling and very graphic, vivid imagery. It was a very strange phenomenon. And I think that Shrek's soundtrack was very helpful to that in preserving that strange movie legacy. (laughs) Um, So ultimately I do think Shrek deserves a spot on the list because there's a type of nostalgia, a type of campiness about the soundtrack and what it stands for and the context it was used in in that film that I don't seem to get from anywhere else myself. It's a very odd type of feeling being a child in a movie theater and you heard this, this rockin' all-star song for the first time ever and, and you thought, like, the fart and the bubbles was funny and then you realized it's not. I just think it's very odd. So that's why I would take it for number 10 on the list. Okay, real quick, uh, Tatum, are you with us? I am, I am. Hi, oh, Tay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, Tatum, have you been listening into Isaac's um, pick here at number 10? Um, I caught the last part, and I already know what his pick is, and I already agree with it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, okay, before I come in and just machine gun the shit out of it, why don't you tell me how you feel about it, too? I'm just kidding. I actually like your pick, too, but I would love to hear what, what your rebuttal is on his pick at number 10. Well, no, I agree with them. I think that the Shrek soundtrack was very beautifully, like, put together. And even it, however you feel about the movie itself is regardless because the soundtrack was so good. You know, I mean, All-Star is an iconic song, yes, but also the the Counting Crows were on that sidetrack or on, the, or on that soundtrack, and I love the Counting Crows. And I thought the song that they had on there was great, and, and it really does – it makes the movie better than it, all, than it was. Because the movie is, is iffy on itself, but the soundtrack is really what made the movie. And so I absolutely agree with him. I think that the Shrek soundtrack should be on this list, 100%. Chris, you there? Oh, sorry, guys. I have them muted talking to myself. I apologize. But, yes, I agree with you guys. <laughs> on Shrek, I think you should put all the movies in on this one, though. I think Shrek 2 does a great job with their soundtrack, too. Um, they added in um, some great um, 80s music to that one as well. So, uh, number 10, yeah, it's, it's, it's on, but it's, I, I agree with you. And, and just, you know, a little side note, my school, we, we put on Shrek Jr. as our school play last year. Just thought I'd throw that out there as a funny little <laughs> Did you know? And so we sang, I'm, we sang I'm a Believer at the end. So it was really cool. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm, we'll see that at number 10. I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay. So number 10, Shrek. All the Shrek. All right. Shrek. All the Shrek movies. Okay. All right. Cool. Tatum, why don't you take us away with your number nine soundtrack? <clears throat> okay. So my number nine soundtrack would have to be for the parts of being a wallflower. Um, 
I can't currently think of all the artists that were on the soundtrack currently, but if you've ever seen that movie, if you've ever listened to the soundtrack, it is beautiful. It's a lot of alternative like music that fits in with the because the, the story is a, a part to being a lot better. That's really messed up, and the music really makes that story like it makes you enveloped in it. I love the soundtrack for that movie. So that's going to be my number. Yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, I, you know, that's oddly a film I haven't seen. It's on my list, and I think it just slipped past me. Um, so I'm not really a, a familiar with what uh, music is on that. Isaac, how do you feel about it? Um, I actually have to confess I haven't seen this film either. It's been on my radar for a while, but I just haven't taken the time. Um, I will, though. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and argue this one. Um, in place of perks of being a wallflower, I would actually like to argue that um, the Poltergeist soundtrack is what I would pick for number nine. Um, I say the Poltergeist soundtrack because uh, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's super special all the way through. Um, I think there are some points with it. Um, one day I would love to go into a, a full on delve into the, the legitimate problems I have with the whole movie. <laughs> Cause I love it, but I hate it. Um, but I, I remember uh, the, 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 the theme song to it. Um, there's like a, uh, it's like a main theme to Poltergeist and it, it, it's one of the most haunting and uh, memorable themes that I've ever heard in horror. Some of some of horror films, there are better ones, but regardless. And I, I, um, <laughs> I would like to just rate that based on how great I think that main theme in particular is, because it captures the nature of the film in an incredibly haunting and scary, but very playful, sweet, and angelic type of way. The way that the chorus swells up and down and that there's this soft harp and all of these fantastic voices. And at the end of the song, you have all the sinister ch- children laughing. And it was, like, almost very freaky. freaky. And, and, and to this day, I actually can't listen to the song all the way through anymore because the, the laughing scares me. I, I can't listen to it. It's very creepy. Can't deal. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's, that's my argument for number nine. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Poltergeist, I haven't seen that in a, in a while. I know what you're talking about, that main theme, because they play it at the end after everything just happened and they're walking away or whatever. I, I And then pulling back, and it's just, you're right, it is a haunting theme. Um, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say. I'm kind of in the hot seat because I can't comment on Perks of the Wallflower. I can comment on the validity of... Um, uh, I'm sorry, I forget the film now. You just said it, but I can't remember. Pol- Poltergeist? Poltergeist. Yeah, Poltergeist. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I don't want to. So, do, am I tiebreaker here? Is that is that fair, or do you want to just leave like an asterisk and come back to it? We can just scoot on. Right, well, Tatum, what do you think about it? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Poltergeist track should be higher on the list. I'm not going to. Okay, so that's a good. Great yeah. soundtrack. I think it should be higher. Hmm. I'm gonna have to agree. If it's not on, it's not even on my list. But if I, now that you kind of brought it up, I think it should be a little higher. 
Okay, we can just put this one. We can just put Perks up at number nine and leave an ask. I think that's okay. All right, sounds good with me. And we can come back to um, to your pick, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so I guess I'm at number eight. Is that where we're at? Yep. Indeed. Um, number eight for me is going to be the Blade Runner soundtrack by Van Gelis. Van Gelis. Uh, I'm not really sure how you pronounce that guy's name. But um, I think it's one of the uh, most iconic um, soundtracks and just, like, themes overall in cinematic history. And we can debate that if you guys want to. I just really feel like um, it just withstands the test of time. It's definitely, um, like, the overall weirdness that is Blade Runner, I don't know if you two have seen it or if our listeners have at all. It just has a very unique feel to the actual cinematography, the layout, the the use of miniatures and matte paintings. It's very futuristic and very, it's just very, the tone setting is odd, and the music is just as odd as the themes that are in this futuristic film. And I feel like without that soundtrack, that film would suffer completely and it wouldn't be what it was. So I'm going to go ahead and say my number eight pick, and I could really go on with this, so I'm just not going to, but I think it should be the Blade Runner soundtrack with the opening and everything. It just sets the tone. And at the time it was a little, it's 82. So a lot of that stuff that you're hearing was experimental and it was trying new things. And the whole process of that film was just trying new things and being experimental. So I, I would put number on my list, number eight, as um, the Blade Runner soundtrack. How do you feel about that, Tatum? So, I haven't seen Blade Runner since I was like a kid. So I don't quite remember all of the music in that movie and on that soundtrack. Um, I do agree with you. Blade Runner was an iconic film, and I can only imagine the soundtrack is iconic. Um I wouldn't disagree with you at that being number eight. I really wouldn't. Um, But I just can't say a whole lot because it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, I guess. Oh, no, that's a a fair assessment. Um, Isaac, how do you feel about Blade Runner at number eight? Um, Okay, so it's not exactly my style, um, Blade Runner was never my style for some reason. I know that like I should definitely apply with like the cyber futuristic aesthetic types of films, but I really don't. And the soundtrack also kind of accompanied that type of culture. And while I I, I liked it for what it was, I thought that it, it fit the film. It fits the movie. Absolutely. It's it's part mm-hmm. of the film's aesthetic. And I think it's a very part, important part of the film's aesthetic. It had, it had a lot of, like, slight trance, housey kind of vibes, a lot of electric, futuristic sounds, and also some jazz influence in there. And I saw that, and I was like, that's kind of neat. But I didn't think it mixed all together very well. And I'm not really into, like, ambient, futuristic type of uh, scores. They're not my favorite. I, I just think it's a whole lot of noise um, from every once in a while. I know that's <laughs> not the greatest thing to, talk, to say about the soundtrack, but it just seems like a lot of noise every once in a while. So, I won't, I actually still agree with it, though. I do agree that it does deserve a spot on this list, because I think a lot of people love, love, 
love that soundtrack, and I see why they gravitate to those sounds, and it created a very interesting universe. That, and by the way, I haven't seen Blade Runner all the way through, nor have I seen Blade Runner 2049 either, but I've seen the way that people talk about it, and I love the way that people talk about Blade Runner, and it, it's not a community that makes me want to shy away from it. So I'm going to go ahead and give a big yeah to it, because I think it, it fit the film as much as I saw of it, but it just wasn't for me. But I don't think it doesn't deserve a spot on the list. So there we go. Yeah, no, that's that's very respectable, and, and you're right. I forgot about like it, it's just a it's such a unique film, it's such a unique soundtrack, and and you're right. It is kind of like to, you know my wife thinks that it's just noise too, but um, for the fan base of, of of these Blade Runner fans aren't aren't like you know Marvel or DC fans. They're very they're different, and um, so um, they, they talk really different about the film. Um, but uh, as you know, it's influential for me. It's it's on my playlist when I create, when I'm working or doing anything, if I, especially if I'm writing, um, just because I don't like to listen to anything with words because I tend to like write the words I'm listening to down instead of the words in my head. So I like instrumental. I like something that helps set the tone, and that's definitely something for me I come back to because it does – great jobs of setting um, unique and weird tones throughout the film. So if we're all in agreement, we can leave Blade Runner at number eight. Sound good? Everybody? Sounds great. Okay, let's quick recap yeah. this one. Shrek at, Shrek at number 10, Perks of Being a Wallflower at number nine, the Blade Runner soundtrack at number eight, and we're going to go to Isaac for our number seven pick. Oh, excuse me. All right, number seven pick. With, uh, for number seven, I'm going to go ahead and go with Forrest Gump. Um, I like the soundtrack a lot. <laughs> I don't think it's the best one because um, when, I was, when I was younger, I was exposed to a lot of uh, 70s, 80s, 90s um, type of music, as I'm sure we all were. And Chris, I'm, 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 if I'm not mistaken, you, you grew up in the 70s and 80s, right? I grew up in the 80s and 90s, not the 70s. But, yes, close I, enough. I'm sorry. I I'm not calling I'm not you old. <laughs> um, so, so I'm sure you, I'm sure that you, you know, if you listened to the radio back then, I'm sure you did, then you heard Oh, my dad uh, listened to the oldies. I'm well out. aware of that soundtrack. Yes. Good. Keep going. Yeah. But I, I, I like the way that it represented each time period in history. Um there are certain aspects of the original score that I have an issue with. Personally, I don't like the, the floaty, feathery uh, theme that plays the... Yeah, that's actually called the dumb stand that. That's yeah, dumb I can't That's it, simple and I know. pleasant and happy. I don't know why. It's, just, it, it's, it's too simple. It's too pleasant. It's too happy. Maybe I'm just cynical. <laughs> I just can't stand it. <laughs> and... Um, so I don't really like that part of the score. <laughs> um, there are other, and, and there's not a whole lot of score that I can remember from that film, which is why I would rate it lower is because it seemed like its soundtrack was more memorable than its score. Um, and, 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 and make no mistake, I'm going to be a hypocrite and I'm going to break my rule about that on this list several times, but <laughs> I just think that this is one of the times where it didn't work for me. Um, but I, I liked uh, I watched Forrest Gump repeatedly on VHS for a very long time, and it got me into that 80s 
aesthetic, especially, um, and uh, all the music surrounding the Vietnam War and the 70s and 80s. And I just, I really loved that whole era. So I would rate, that's why I feel like it deserves a spot at number seven. It's, it's very significant, I feel, but not as good as I felt it could have been. Um, no, that um, that's actually um, one of my prized possessions. Actually, I have this soundtrack. That I I enjoy. It. I have it on cassette. Believe it or not, guys, you guys remember what cassettes are? Um, so yeah, I, I yes. um And it's one of those. You bring up Forrest Gump because it's one of my favorite films, and the score is like a lot like we were talking about. And I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a reoccurring theme, guys. It sets tones and it pictures the visuals. I think that's one of the things. And Forrest Gump goes through the the 50s, 60s, 70s, and the 80s. And not only do we get scenes of him doing iconic things in those decades, we get iconic music. And you're right. It's one of those great films with a great soundtrack that, you know, and then they have its own original score painted across the film every once in a while. But uh, I'm going to agree. Should it be at number seven? I don't, uh, I don't know. That's debatable. But uh, I think it should be on the list. I should bring it up. Can you? You're, you were right. You were going to pull up some crazy ones. I didn't even think about thinking about. But um, I agree with you. How about you, Tatum? How do you feel about Forrest Gump? So, <clears throat> Forrest Gump is one of my all-time favorite movies. I adore that movie. I love that movie. I grew up in Alabama, so it's automatically given that I've seen it 500 times. How how um, close, how close to Greenville were you? Not far. I live probably about 30 minutes north of Greenville. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, and I love the soundtrack. I thought it was a great soundtrack. I think it does very much set the tone for the movie. And I agree. I think it should definitely be on this list. It's, it's, it's noteworthy. It's something that people will always remember, especially watching that movie. And it really, because the movie, the movie touches up on so many different things and so many different concepts and, I, and, and feelings that the soundtrack really plays into that. And I think that's very important. So I agree. I think it should be on the list at number eight. So, and that's definitely for sure. I love this movie and I love this soundtrack. Uh, it was yeah, number eight number seven. This is number seven. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Number seven. Okay. No, yeah, you're all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, Forrest Gump, man. That is just a, it's a great movie. And uh, you know what, Isaac? It, it, I'm surprised that you like that film. Like, don't take that the wrong way. I'm surprised in a good way. Um, I bring this up around a, a lot of people. It, it's like, what's your favorite underrated film? And I know I say Forrest Gump, but that's my favorite, one of my favorite films. But, Isaac, real quick. Is it the music? What 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 is it for Forrest Gump with you? Was it the soundtrack that got you into the film, or was it vice versa? You liked the film, and then you saw the soundtrack and said, "Oh, this is cool." Um, it was a bit of both. Uh, I I I I grew up also in you know the, of course the era of VHS when it was still more it was still a slight bit more dominant. It started obviously to lose its ground in the late 1990s when DVDs were way more prevalent. And but I, my family was old fashioned and we still use a lot of VHS. And I had a TV in my room, um, and it had a VHS player in it. <laughs> and I was, I was lucky enough to have 
a whole TV with a built-in VHS player, and I was like, okay, I want to get as many tapes as I can. And Forrest Gump was one of the few that I had found at first that worked. And so I would just watch it repeatedly over and over again at night to go to sleep or to study or whatever. And eventually I just started hearing the songs when I went to school uh, in my head. I, uh, it was, um, what is it? It's the song. It was one of the songs playing during the Vietnam war um, when they had first met Lieutenant Dan. And um, it was just like in my head for days Ooh, that red, white, blue. I was just like enamored. <laughs> yeah, with it. it's creating clear water. Revival. Fortunate son, right? Yeah, fortunate yeah, son. Yeah, fortunate called. Yeah. Um, so I just I got very into it from there. The movie struck emotional chords, and the music helped. So I guess it was just in part both. Oh, it's cool. It's interesting. Um, what about you, Tatum? Same same kind of question. Did. The set, was it the soundtrack first or the film that got you into the music? Or For it me, was kind of, was, it was a little bit of both. It was definitely the film first um, because, like I said, I grew up in Alabama. It was kind of like a, a must-watch kind of movie when you grow up in Alabama. Everybody watches it. My mom showed it to me. And we even watched it in, high, like in school. Like They showed that movie in school because they're like, I think it had like historical value or something, and I remember as a kid, I used to love that movie, and so it was It was kind of like as I watched the movie over and over again is when I started to appreciate the soundtracks, for sure. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, that's kind of how it was with me. It just seemed like one of the, well, I don't know why they would play it at school. There's some parts where I don't know if that should, they should have shown it, but um, what's interesting is, have, have you guys ever read the book? based off the movie Forrest Gump, because it actually um, is a lot different than the, the film, believe it or not. He's a little bit he's more... Book. Yeah, it's based on a book, and he's a little bit more um, special, so to speak, in the book than Tom Cruise portrays him. He's a little bit more like Tom Rain Hanks. Man. Yeah, Tom Hanks, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah, I apologize. I just saw Mission Impossible, and it's just in my head. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, uh, you guys should pick up a copy of the book. And I also recommend Jurassic Park. If you haven't read the Jurassic Park book, you should definitely check it out because I honestly think I want to see that movie. You guys don't even know how crazy that book <laughs> Holy cow. Anyway, but, yeah, let's, let's uh, keep this one. Yeah, Michael Crichton is awesome. But, yeah, let's keep it with, um, going at number six. I think that's to you, Tatum. Okay, so number six, um, I'm going to have to go with, um, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to have to go for the Moana soundtrack. Well, it was a matter of time before Disney was going to crack the list. Well, I just figured it was a matter of time before Disney cracks the top ten list at, at some point. Yeah, and I mean... And I like Moana. I here. like that film. Of, I'm sorry, but I do. I thought it was cute. All, I mean, out of all of the Disney movies, Moana has the best soundtrack. Oh, my God. 
it's so it's 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 very it's very light and emotional, but it's also funny and fun and 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 there are some deep parts of it, and I loved it. And Alyssa Clare's voice is amazing. I loved her song in it. I think that's one of the best Disney soundtracks ever, and I definitely think it deserves a spot on this list. So the Moana, the Moana soundtrack is definitely going to be my number six. Interesting that Moana is the first Disney film to crack the list. Isaac, you've been throwing me curveballs left and right today, so I'm half expecting you to fully wholeheartedly agree with this. So I'm curious to see what do you think? Because I I'm, I'm, I agree with her. I like the film. I saw it in school. My my students loved it. I thought it was cute. And I don't I don't know if it's the best soundtrack. I kind of thought that um, Pocahontas was a pretty good soundtrack. But Isaac, what did you think? Uh, I mean, I like Moana. I don't know. I have I have a strange fatigue with with Disney films. Um, I know everybody is very into them, and, and I get why people love them. Um, and it's not that I don't, and it's not that I didn't like Moana or that I don't like the soundtrack. I do. It just doesn't grab me. Um, it's just a lot of the same cured formulaic stuff that I've heard for a very long time. And I guess that type of, I guess that type of theatrical overproduced glossy uh, numbers that are completely, that are more oftentimes completely out of context with what, the narrative is and what the story is and what's happening in the story and like sometimes it bothers me and sometimes it doesn't but in Moana how how out of context some of the songs were to the actual storyline that was happening just was like distracting and I didn't really appreciate it uh, I didn't really like the way that the story in the film was even structured I, I genuinely don't think it's a bad movie by any means, but I don't really count it as like, like one of my favorite Disney films. Um, it's pretty unanimous. You guys like it, so I'm, I'm, we, should, we should keep it up, but I'm just going to go ahead and disagree. I don't have a rebuttal, but I just don't agree with it. Have you seen the scene where they're singing and then the, the cat or the uh, Tatum, help me out. Do you remember? Where like they eat them and then she's singing inside the belly and spits them out. Is that Moana or am I thinking of a different movie? I think I am. I think I'm. Di- I'm thinking of a different movie. I'm sorry. I think I'm di- thinking of some kind of bird movie or like Ringo or Rio. I was thinking of Rio. Oh, there I go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so no, Moana. I have not seen that film. I'm sorry. I was thinking of a different movie. So um, you're joking, <laughs> really? No, I'm not. I really was. I looked it up. <laughs> I was thinking of Rio with the bird, the blue bird. I thought that thing was name was Moana. I got my I got my wires crossed over here. I've not seen Moana all the way through. So, um uh I'm not really I'm not really sure how to play Moana at number six then, guys. Does anybody have an alternative number six? Isaac, do you have an alternative number six that we could probably um, bounce this one off of? Yeah, I do, actually. I do have an alternative number six. Um, since we're going to be venturing into Disney territory, uh, what about Hercules? 
what about Hercules? Because I think Hercules is like one of the most banging Disney soundtracks. Um, definitely not on my like top three or five, but like still the the muses are like gospel perfection. I kind of do. I, I kind of I, I I just I, I love the whole soundtrack. I love the way everything worked in it. Like told us little stories. Uh, it segued and it did all this nice stuff. So I would actually offer up Hercules as a rebuttal. What do you guys think? Um, Hercules, God, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Um, Tatum, how do you feel about Hercules compared to Moana? Have you seen Hercules? You know, I didn't think about the Hercules soundtrack, and I know Moana was my suggestion, but I'm going to be honest with you, Hercules is definitely a better soundtrack than Moana. Like, I fucking love that soundtrack. Like, the song that Meg sings is one of my all-time favorite songs. I think it's a beautiful soundtrack. I think it is... I didn't even think about it. Now I feel bad because I'm going against my own suggestion, but I do think Hercules wins over Moana. Um, yeah, if if I had to pick, and it's, it's only because I haven't seen Moana all the way through, I remember seeing Hercules, and I, I vaguely remember what you guys were talking about. I remember having a lot of fun with that film, but it was also getting to a point where I was getting a little older and I wasn't going to those films. But... Um, and it's never it's, it's never bad to backtrack your own original thought if you think you have something that you know is better to it. So don't feel bad about betraying yourself at number six. But uh, I agree. Let's leave Hercules at number six. Sound good? I'm with it. All right, guys. Let's do a quick recap, um, shall we? Um, sure. For those of you playing at home, Shrek is at number ten. Um, Perks of being a, a wallflower, which um, I got a quick question, Tatum. On that film, yeah. is the soundtrack modern music of that time of, of 2000, I forget, three? When did that, when did that film come out? Is, or yeah, is it, does it have its own original it's, score? It's uh, modern alternative music. Okay, of, of the era of the, when the film was released, kind yeah, of around there? Of the, of the era. Okay, cool. I'm just curious, so I'm going to check it out. And then, so that's at number nine is Perks of a Wallflower, being a wallflower, I'm sorry, Perks of being a wallflower. Number eight is Blade Runner. Number seven is Forrest Gump. Coming at number six is Hercules. And I believe it's my turn at number five, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so mine is going to be Star Wars. And number five. Uh, which um, one? The, I, what I mean, um, uh, I would say the original trilogy. <laughs> but original the most trilogy? iconic okay. one, every, I, mean, I would say, like, okay, let's That's just fine. say um, Star Wars. So uh, the which one is Star Wars? If you're a Star Wars fan, then you know exactly what I mean when I say this. <laughs> it's a Star Wars. Because that's the first film. It's not A New Hope. It's Star Wars. But I, I was lumping it in. We can argue that one if you want to. Okay, Star Wars Episode One: A New Hope. How are you happy with that? Is that cool? Yes. You better. You better. Yeah, create episode my, Four. A right. New Hope is right. Episode Four. Don't do this. Don't do this right now. <laughs> you got me all confused because it's the first Star Wars <laughs> film, so I'm not wrong. 
but it's not the first time. No. So like, okay, okay, all right. Be accurate. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, and number five, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. John Williams theme, original okay. score for that. How about that? How's that? Okay. Um, that's fine. If you want to just reasons. say the original trilogy, that's fine too. I I do not care, but just <laughs> if you're gonna name one film, name its title. I think, but I see the march isn't really in Empire. I think Empire has its own. That's when you got the Imperial March. Yeah, you got that in Empire, and that I think that yeah. should be its own separate thing, don't you? I mean, that's almost as good as Star Wars. Mm, yeah, the Imperial I March. I, dude, I have the Imperial March in my head when I'm walking down a classroom trying to pull a kid out of a classroom for being a behavioral problem. I got the oh Imperial March as I walk down the hallway to get him. So, I think it's iconic mm-hmm. just as much as the the John Williams theme. But sticking with just like Star Wars, I think that that is the the opening crawl with that trumpet and the epic title scroll and then that music it just set a generation on fire I mean it's, uh, what more is there else to say than I think that with the huge undertaking that Lucas was trying to bring to to the picture and having it not screen well and what he was doing was just very out there and not been done before and he has this grandest grandocious plan and it's not working out there's no way Star Wars could even been half as impactful if John Williams didn't give a tremendous triumphant, um, you know, kind of stamp of approval, so to speak, with this, this iconic music to go along with these epic visuals that no one's ever seen like that before. And then you get these music. It's just, it's also kind of a throwback to the old serials of the 30s and 40s where everything was very grandiose and here's the news. And it was like trumpets and everything was orchestral and it just, and it really kind of helped set the tone and we're bringing that one up again. But I personally did a top five on my channel and this was number five for me for its iconicness. And I always go back to it. I go back to that and pretty much anything John Williams touches star Wars related um, is as excellent. Um, Dueled Fate is probably one of my favorites, and obviously the the last battle with Obi Wan and 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 um, Anakin that was an epic um, uh, sequence by John Williams as well. So I'm gonna say number five should be Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Tatum, I'm gonna go to you. What do you think? Um, so I definitely think the original. Like, the original trilogy, the Star Wars trilogy, deserves a spot on this list. It was very dramatic and theatric, and it it, it is, if, if you think about Star Wars, one of the things you think about is, the first thing you think about is the, the original theme music, and all of the music within those three movies are, they, they just, they help and they set the tone. They're so dramatic, and they're so theatrical. And they're beautifully written, and I don't—I've never heard anything like it before. When I first watched the original trilogy, the soundtrack—I've never heard anything like that before. I think it's amazing, and I think it definitely deserves a spot on this list. So I have to agree with you. The Star Wars original trilogy soundtrack deserves spot number five. Awesome! Like I, I totally agree with you, and you're right. Um, it helps you set that world of this, the theatrical that galaxy far, far away was a very interesting world. And you're right. That music was, I don't, 
you know, I can't really think of any other like, soundtrack that had that kind of resonation throughout history. I think that it's just as iconic the music is as the actual film and characters. That's one of the few films where I think it's just as iconic as the characters in the actual film. Isaac, how do you feel about Star Wars? I know how you feel about Star Wars, but how do you feel about this at number five? I feel great about this at number five. Um, genuinely, yes, it's, it's one of the, it's a very iconic soundtrack. In fact, I've actually, I actually might rate it um, a bit higher, but, you know, I think at number five, I think that's pretty good. I remember um, it's it just last year throughout the years. You know, there are people, so many people out there who already, they know the Star Wars soundtrack but haven't seen a single film, you know, and I think once you get to a right, brand like you were talking about variety, yeah. You know, yeah. And yeah, like we were talking I, I played about it in my, um, yeah, and I played it in my school band. Um, and, and just, just so for a little, a little bragging rights here, uh, I was first yeah, year I, clarinet that's for three years. That's awesome. So, um, that's awesome. you know, uh, and we played. We and played I don't know who band didn't play John Williams, honestly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, like my whole, music teacher hates John Williams because all they played was John Williams music. And my, my wife was in band. I actually was in band, believe it or not. And, yeah, we played some John Williams. And uh, I loved it. Everyone's sick and tired of it, but I, I loved it. Personally. It was great. I never got tired of and, it. I think it's a great franchise and, and just like this, this this music is just so it's so demanding. There's so much going on. It keeps your attention. It's fun. It's triumphant. It's like uh, an anthem, a call to the rebellion. And it's 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 so it's so uplifting. And the rest of the soundtrack is great. I, I you know, the whole franchise gets me, especially with the can the Cantina theme is easily one of my favorite songs ever. Do, do, I do, love do, the do, 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 do. Yeah. Yes. Gold. And so, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Star Wars definitely goes on this list. Number five, all day. Awesome. Well, it sounds like uh, we are in total agreement uh, with Star Wars. And, the, you know, I agree. It, it could probably be up a little higher, but, you know, we're kind of burning through these pretty quick, and I'm going to leave some, hopefully leave some time where we can um, – slide in and out, maybe move some of these up and down as we uh, go along, and maybe, you know, we do find a way to bump it up a little higher. But, Isaac, I'm going to come to you for number four, buddy. What do you got? All right. So, at number four, I've got something very nice. Uh, For number four, we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and hit you with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I noticed we haven't had a Marvel film or a DC film in here yet, and I think this is the perfect time to talk about uh, and and for 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 record, which volume? Both Guardians one and two. Both Guardians okay, one good. and two. Um, I love the way that James Gunn incorporated those eighties and seventies, those eighties and seventies uh, stuff. Actually, um, I believe uh, he said he never included something from the eighties, uh, if I'm not mistaken, either the eighties or the nineties. But he did keep it in specific time period. Um, and I just, I loved, it was what gravitated me so much to the Guardians was that I loved that kind of music growing up and it feels interesting being a young person who can still be into that music, um, at this juncture in time and it's in a modern film with characters that are somewhat familiar to you, um, in universes that you're comfortable with. So it, it was great to see this blend of comic book style plus real-world real music aesthetic 
clash together to make this fantastic narrative story. And uh, I think that it was it's better done modernly than a lot of films I see using 80s and 70s music all of the time. I think this was done deliberately. Every song had its place, and it was very, very articulate. And that's why I like it so much every single time. And I'll never forget um, when they played Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay and the Americans when Yondu uh, yes. decimated... Yeah, that's yeah, a great Yon montage, Yon man. Come a little yeah. closer, you're my cousin. Yeah. Oh god, it's just, it's just so. It's you're right, dude. Like I'm, like I'm giddy over here when you. I'm sorry, I'm such a freaking nerd. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking about it. What do you think? Um. Ah oh, man, I it's it's one of my favorite. I was listening. It, yes. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, yes, I totally agree. Um, it for me, Guardians. I wasn't see because I think we've been through this. I wasn't really on board and the MCU when it first started. We've been through this, and it wasn't until really the Guardians of the Galaxy that made me go back and rethink. Remember, because I wasn't sure about the tone, and I'm like, but as the as soon as I heard the playlist, all right, as soon as I saw Peter Quill dancing with that ball. And I'm like, oh, the tone of this film, I get this. This James Gunn guy is going to bring something different to the to the table. And for me, I just fell in love with the film. It's one of the rare films my wife enjoys with me at the same time, even though she doesn't know who the hell these characters are. She goes, I like it. It's fun. Chris Pratt's in it. I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, and the music reminds me of my dad. And I'm like, I know, right? It's cool. And it finds, he finds a great way of mixing it in. Uh, Tatum, how do you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? So that was actually one of my picks for this list. And I think we should include the second one as well within this because what was really great about the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is that it was because he, you know, he was abducted at the age of like six, I believe, is when he was pulled off of Earth. And all he had were these mixtapes that his mom left him. So the the style and the, the time period of this music was pretty much what his mother listened to on Earth at that time. So even though it's a modern it's a it's a modern movie, it makes sense that they had this and I love the idea of them only being from his mixtape. And I thought that was so creative and so cute and I thought it fit so well. And also I loved all of those songs. Like that was, that was some of the best music. I think personally I would have ranked it higher, but I do think it definitely deserves a spot on this list. And I mean, if it's number four, it's number four. I love guardians. And I think number two should be included because it has a similar vibe and it's the part two of the mixtape that he received. So if we're going to include guardians, it should be a, a package deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, Isaac, um, you might not have heard, but he did bring up Guardians, too, just just uh, let you know. Yeah, he, he put both together. So, yeah, you guys are on the same page with that one. I totally agree. Both are awesome. And Isaac, uh, are you still with us? I'm sorry. Yeah, of course I am. All right, cool. Um, and with, Peter Quill, was uh, was he six years old when he was abducted? For real? I don't think he was six. Eight? No, he wasn't six. He was not that young. He was a bit okay, older than that. Eight or, it was eight or ten. Yeah, it was like somewhere around that. He was yeah, still. He was still oh, oh, okay. He was okay. he was young. He was young. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. That's one of the rare um, – because it's got a lot of, like, to just that kind of add on to what you guys were saying, it's one of the rare soundtracks I can pull out at school and play, and the kids go, oh, I know that. That's from Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, yeah, but do you know who this is? And I tell them, like, this is so-and-so from the 19, this is from 78. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's cool, isn't it? Like, yeah, I like it. And it, like, it gives me something to talk to the kids about, and they're young. Like, like you were saying, Isaac, you know, it's kind of cool how we can still enjoy and appreciate those songs again in a, in a different generation and different era and um, can enjoy them as like, like, you know, our parents did. So I think that's really cool. Yes. Guardians. Definitely. I think both of those should be on the list. Um, so we're in agreement on that. Um, Tatum, you're going to hit us with number three, I believe. Uh, okay. So I feel like I'm going to get some disagreements on this, this pick of mine. But um, at number three, I have to put the Scooby-Doo movie, like the live-action movie soundtrack. It is so great. It's a part of my childhood. I loved the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. But the music oh in it God. is so upbeat. And no, don't laugh at me. It was so upbeat and so fun. And it fit well with Scooby-Doo, and I loved it. I thought it was great. It's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Um, and I, I think, I think it deserves a spot on this list. I know you guys might disagree, but I'm gonna have to say Scooby Doo. Um, mm. interesting. I have recently seen this film. As um, last year in school, we had a, a a group testing period, and we had to put kids in the library all day long. And guess what? We got to watch. Over and over and over again, it was Scooby Doo. Um, I'm going to say no, Isaac. How do you feel about Scooby Doo? Okay, so I'm actually I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna argue this, but I think you guys might like my argument because, um, so funny thing, um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think James Gunn actually was also involved in the live-action Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies. I think he was a writer. Um, I'm not no, I think, sure right. no I, think, uh, I think you're right. No, I think you are. I think right. I'm going to look at that. Go, go, Isaac. I'm... Yeah, but um, I'm actually not going to pick the live-action Scooby-Doo because I kind of don't really care what anybody says. I, I I think they're trash. They're all trash. Every single one of them. The CGI Garvey. is bad. The story is bad. The art Garvey. is bad. The music is bad. The but, acting is horrible. Oh, it's freaking but, garbage. I have a full on debate. Hold on. Later. Hold on. Hold on. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys. Um, I'll go ahead and give you guys a rebuttal here. How about instead of Scooby live action Scooby Doo? Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Has anyone seen that movie? It is wild. It is the most wild Scooby-Doo movie out there, and they've done some weird stuff. But I think that Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is number one, easily one of the darkest Scooby-Doo movies ever. And that's kind of really weird to say about Scooby-Doo since it's generally not that dark a series. But it was it was very dark and chilling, and there were some pretty great there was great dialogue and stuff in it. But the the music was always 
what got me because it had all this like the fun, super shaky, funky type of jam rock that was always prevalent in the Scooby Doo cartoon. But there was like some hard rock elements. It's like that one. It's like ever since that one time Scooby Doo managed to feature the Hex Girls on one of their episodes, everyone just loved what they did to it, and they just started making all of those sounds modeled after it for a while. And I think Zombie Island was the one that did it best. There was so many great chase scenes when they were looking for the wrong, when they were looking for the real monsters and the real monsters kept being fake. And then they finally found the real ones and all the rock, all the rock and tunes that came out of that movie were just (laughs) so electrifying. So I'm going to go ahead and fight that with Scooby Doo and Zombie Island. Um, okay, so sorry. Uh, no, I can't believe we're talking. Man, I respect and love both of you. I think you're both intelligently smart, awesome human beings. Are we seriously talking about Scooby Doo movies on the top ten movie soundtracks of all time? You bet. Yeah. You bet we are. Are you what? high? Well, no. I can't. I can't say. I can't say that on air, but. Point is, is that <laughs> this is important. This is, I think Scooby Doo is actually important. Let me tell you why. It's number I think three. Scooby-Doo is a great okay. Movie. Yeah. Maybe it's number, number ten. We don't All right. Have I'm great. Cartoon sounds for us. <laughs> All right. I I feel like we need to have a full Scooby Doo like debate because I hear what you're saying about the Zombie Island one, but if we're gonna talk about it now that I think about it, honestly. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which was the first one oh, to God. feature the Hex Oh, no. That was the first feature the Hex That is a bomb-ass tra- <laughs> soundtrack, and I didn't even think about that. But let's be real. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost is by far better than Zombie Island. Uh, yeah, that might, we might have to do a, another – we might have to do a Geeks Against the Grain episode concerning that, actually. On I Scooby-Doo, yeah, <laughs> I might have to sit that one out. It's a serious topic. This isn't a joke. I don't. I, oh, I, I know. Don't think it's we'll get into that. I don't know. I don't know if Juwan might that's get into not, it. I don't know if later, not, but um, I don't know if that's know filmmaking. That's borderline it. not filmmaking. That's borderline. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Don't try to count out animation. Know, don't try no, to count dude. out animation. That's not fair. Okay, you know, okay, you're right. Okay, but can I can I ask a serious can I ask a serious question? The Zombie yeah. Island and the one where you're talking about the witches are those animated or live action? Those are animated. I've not seen those. I have not seen those films, so they are I can't, I can't I can't really attest to that. And I have okay. um I don't mean well, to, yeah, I hope you guys good. aren't taking offense to it. I just don't. I just don't think a great movie that I go, you know what? I want to listen to the soundtrack from the scene of Scooby-Doo and Shaggy and them are running through and he has to wear the metal suit and he farts in it and it makes that ping, 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 ping sound. And he farts, yeah, let's, I want, I want, I want to go, I want to listen to that on while I'm working. I don't, I don't know, man. Can I tell you, can I, can I, can I throw, um, you know, cause we got time. Yeah. We're, we're approaching our number dose. That's yeah. two for all you bilingual people. And I would say Jurassic Park at number three. Another John Williams score. Okay. What? Um, 
Why? Okay, okay. I, I was expecting some, some, you know. Anyway, I just think um, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's it's again, guys. One of those films where for me or for most people that I talk to, you can't think of the visuals without the the music, the triumphant march, the the callbacks to some of like John Williams. Um, yes, you're humming it right now. I heard it. Um, somebody was. Uh, for, <laughs> For me, you know, it's just it it just gives me goosebumps and it raises my it, it, little kidometer. I remember it so vividly as a child, listening to this big, triumphant score. It's when I knew that I wanted to make a movie that made people freaking lose their minds, and I wanted that sound. And when it's even from the beginning, guys, the opening crawl is just dark, kind of, and it's eerie, and it's leading up to something, and it's just like it's just in this awe choir kind of sound, and it just it really does go with the visuals and the storytelling. It's just as much as a part of Jurassic Park visually. The story that goes along with it is the soundtrack. It's right there with you. It's kind of it's kind of the audience. When you see that damn Brachiosaurus or whatever the hell, and he goes, it's a it's a it's a dinosaur, and it goes, the the trumpets blare. Tell me you don't get goosebumps watching that. It's one of the rare moments I think in cinematic history and then again it's john williams the guy who's the best at creating these epic moments like star wars was an event and it's still an event it has its own day it has its own con because of that soundtrack not just because of the visuals because when you listen to it you it makes you feel like you're you're witnessing something that's historic you're witnessing something special when you listen to a john williams theme and you can argue some of his other themes aren't his best but I think he's at his best with Jurassic Park. He's at his best with Star Wars. And I definitely think it freaking deserves to be on the list before Scooby-Doo. But Tatum, how do you feel about Jurassic Park? Okay. So, first of all, your argument is so, like, it's so sophisticated and it makes a lot more sense. But I feel like the reason that I am advocating for Scooby-Doo so much is because, one, it was a big part of my childhood, huge part, and there's a nostalgia sense to it. But also, regardless if it is a goofy mo- like goofy movies about a, a crime-solving dog and his gang, the sound, the soundtracks for those movies Hold were up, so they great. Hold on, crime? What? They solve mysteries. Yes, it's crime. What's the mystery? It's never ghosts. It's always the old man who owns the place. Like, these guys are morons. There's a reason okay. why. <laughs> okay, I'm okay, sorry. Wrong debate. First of all, it's still crime. They're still popping and doing certain things. And they solve mysteries. And it's very important. And I feel like you're degrading I don't my, think... my, my sense. Mm. <laughs> I don't okay, mean... anyway. I, don't mean... I think that if we're talking about the soundtrack itself, Scooby-Doo has always had really great soundtracks. Always. And the music, even if it is a goofy child's cartoon, it's still, the music is so good. It's shaped part of my taste in music today, like Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Like, when I first heard the Hex Girls, oh, my God. It was like a goth within me awakened. Like, it's, it's important. And I think that it is important. And I don't disagree with you. I think the Jurassic sound, the Jurassic Park soundtrack is great, and it is iconic, and I love it. But I don't know. I feel like Scooby-Doo deserves a spot on this list. If not, if not Zombie Island, if not the live action, if not, you know, 
the witch's ghost. One of those deserves a spot on this list. I do think it does. That's totally fair. I respect that you are so passionate about that and it, the nostalgic factor. Look, I get you. I'm 100% there. I understand that. For the life of me, I just can't picture it being on my list. But then again, you know, we are a panel. Isaac, do you think that we should replace Jurassic Park at number three or should we stick with a Scooby-Doo movie? I'm going to go ahead and defend Scooby-Doo. Uh, like, I, 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 I got to tell you, like, Jurassic Park has a great soundtrack and everything, but that movie didn't matter to me. It, it literally never mattered to me, like, almost in my life. And that's because maybe it's because I don't – I'm not that into dinosaurs. Like, I got pretty bored with dinosaurs. And I, I've seen every Jurassic Park movie, don't get me wrong, but it's not that interesting. It was something to do when I was, like, bored and out of options. So, I, I the, the soundtrack to Scooby Doo will always come to mind in way before Jurassic Parks ever will. So, I'm gonna have to go defend Scooby Doo and Zombie Island specifically. Okay, fair enough. I am a man of democracy. Number three, Scooby Doo, something something Island. Zombie Island. Zombie Island. Zombie Island. Yeah. Zombie Island. Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. Okay. Now that I've got all caught up, I don't remember whose pick is next. <laughs> Tatum was the zombie. She was the Scooby-Doo pick, right? Isaac, you went first. Then uh, let's do a quick recap, okay? Shall we? And then we can call each other's movies out so I know where we're at. All right, real quickly, guys, for those of you playing at home, number 10, we have Shrek and pretty much all the Shrek movies. Number nine is Perks of Being a Wallflower. And at number eight, we have Blade Runner. At number seven, we have Forrest Gump. Number six is Disney Hercules. Number five is Star Wars. Episode four, A New Hope. Uh, and at number four is both volumes of Guardians of the Galaxy. And at number three, which is Tatum's pick last, I believe, is Scooby-Doo, uh, Zombie Island. Does that sound good to everybody? Did I have it written down yeah. correctly? Yep, so far, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, so I think it goes back to to Isaac. No, it goes to you, bro. It goes to me, and then you got number one because you started. Okay, yeah, because you had the, the number ten yeah. pick, right? Okay, so yeah. number this two, you, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's it's really it's difficult for me, guys. Um, right. For me personally, it's between the Man of Steel soundtrack and the Dark Knight soundtrack. Uh, but <laughs> since I'm coming in, but since I'm coming in at number two. I'm going to make an argument for my man Batman, and I'm going to go with um, Hans Zimmer, and I'm going to go with, I'm sorry, Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, I apologize, and go with The Dark Knight. Uh, That soundtrack, a lot like um, Tatum was saying about Scooby-Doo, for me, it's just, it's, it's nostalgic all the way, but I also feel like it also makes every point that I've made for every other pick, uh, for 
Star Wars for the pitch for Jurassic Park, even Forrest Gump and Blade Runner and Shrek. I just feel like these ones are tone setting. And I feel like what Hans Zimmer and, you know, say what you want about him and his drone using noise music. Um, for me, uh, it doesn't get any better than how he did the Joker theme. I just, the, the, if you listen to the way that he constructed that, that music and you break it down orchestrically and, the experimentals he used with um, different wires on xylophones and stuff like that and electronicizing, electronicizing, I just made that word up, but using all that kind of just different computer techniques to live with, mixed with live orchestras and um, bringing in somebody else, James Newton Howard um, would, uh, came on and did different themes. That, um, he was uh, more into the Batman march, um, creating that for the trilogy, but um especially the dark Knight. just i think that batman begins soundtrack it wasn't up to the same standards this one just hit a different feel like i said just because of that joker soundtrack and it was just at the right time in comic book movie era of, of 2008 and right before the mcu started where dc was nailing it with this dark gritty realistic batman and no one was giving you fantastic visuals um say what you wanted about, you know, the liberties he was taking with the source material with Batman, but it brought Batman back to life after Schumacher put nipples on the Batman and made the, the longest cartoon um, television commercial for toys that anybody's ever made in the history of anything with Batman and Robin. So I think that it's iconic and it's, it's, it's gritty, it's metallic, it's, it, it's a part of the film right from the beginning just like all the other soundtracks it's part of getting it just right with the tone it's in there it's, it's deep it's different and i think that it definitely deserves to be in the top three especially uh, at number two so i'm going to leave it at that with that and say my number two pick is the dark knight um tatum how do you feel about that okay so i love first of all i love the dark knight I adore it, um, but I do. I have to say otherwise because the movie I adore, and I'm not saying the soundtrack is bad. Um, I think it's a great soundtrack. I just don't think the soundtrack is as nearly as good as the movie was itself. Like it, the movie without the soundtrack would have been just fine. You know what I'm saying? Like I oh, feel. Like I kind of disagree. I couldn't imagine any other kind of music playing over that, but. I hear what you're saying. I feel, I feel like I could watch the movie without the soundtrack and nothing would bother me. And not that it's bad. It's just, it's not, it, it's not as iconic as the movie itself was. Um, but I am going to rebuttal and say that for my number two pick, I would pick the Beetlejuice soundtrack because the Beetlejuice soundtrack is something on another level for me, which I love Beetlejuice. I think it's a great movie. I It, it is by far number one of my top ten movies. Um, but if we're talking about the soundtrack itself, it was it was fun and 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 upbeat but also creepy and eerie at the same time. Like honestly, who doesn't remember like that part like the thing is with the Beetlejuice soundtrack, it's notorious. Like everybody knows the banana boat song. Everybody when they think of Beetlejuice, they think of the soundtrack. They think of the banana boat song. It is so iconic and it's so amazing and it's so beautiful 
And so I'd have to say that I would pick Beetlejuice soundtrack over the Dark Knight soundtrack. Um, I I like Beetlejuice and I like Harry Belafonte. That's the banana song, by the way, that you're 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 thinking of. Um, I think um you're right. You know, dun, 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 dun. and it's Tim Burton and it's Danny Elfman and you're right. It's it's great. It definitely deserves to be on on this list. Maybe at number three. Um, but I I I agree. I didn't really think about um going near Danny Elfman's stuff personally. But Beetlejuice is very iconic, and you know I don't disagree with you. Um, but I I just think that The Dark Knight, and I I will disagree that I don't think it has as much impact if if you know Hans Zimmer wasn't doing the theme. I I really don't. Um, you just got to put yourself back in 2008 at the time. I just think there was nothing like it. And, and I'm going to stick with it. But um, Isaac, what do you what do you feel? Do you, would you feel um, Beetlejuice or stick with Dark Knight, or do you have a second that you can throw into the mix that we can all fight over? I do. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I had a feeling this would come to pass. Let me let me let me just touch briefly on two on those both other two albums though. Um, number one. Uh, I adore Beetlejuice. Uh, I, I, my Nana bought me Beetlejuice as a child. She bought me the soundtrack. We listened to it in the car every single day. I listened to it on my CD player while I ran track and all that other crap. I know it every. I know every inch of that CD. I could tell you what track comes before and what track comes after what, and what the track names are and the scenes they go to. I love that soundtrack to death. Um, however. I won't pick it over my my current pick. And the Dark Knight soundtrack, um, ah, Chris, buddy, I'm sorry, it's not special to me. And the reason it is not special to me is because it has it sounds almost exactly the same. I think the only song that even stands out from the whole soundtrack to me is Why So Serious. That is good. And uh, I, I know you thought that I probably wouldn't be into that one. But I actually am into that uh, that particular bit of the soundtrack. It, it, it fits with Heath Ledger very well, and uh, the action humanity is was all kind of a little chaotic, a little rampant, but a little calm, a little uh, ambient, a little sinister. I liked it a lot. Um, but otherwise, the rest of the soundtrack to me is literally the same. It's just it it, it don't resonate. It don't resonate with me. <laughs> um, so my throw-in for number two is actually, gosh, I forget what year this came out, but everyone knows the current version, um, or people who heard of that know the current version. Um, I'm going to go with Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I understand it's a musical, but let me talk about why I love the music in Sweeney Todd so very much. It's has story and narrative transition unlike a lot of musicals that don't seem to do that very well. You can talk about, you can, we can talk all day about whether the movie was shot well or whether the blood was realistic, which FYI, the blood is so laughably fake in that movie that whenever he kills someone, I cannot help but laugh to death because it just looks like ketchup. It's so funny. It's like they didn't even know where to really get prosthetic blood, or either, or they just didn't want to spend money on good ones. Anyway, I love every single track 
in that soundtrack because they're also seamless. It always expresses exactly how the characters are feeling at any given time. The Worst Pies in London is probably one of my favorite songs ever because it gives you a proper introduction to Mrs. Lovett as a character. You realize that she's strange chaotic, very scatterbrained. She's not good at her job. She likes her job, but she's not very good at it. She hears all the gossip. She's around town a little bit, and she's also very important to him, and that this kind of introduces the, the dynamic between Benjamin Barker and, and Mrs. Lovett. And I thought it was a great transition, and it got me very much hooked, because at first the, the movie starts out very dark and grim when you've got Benjamin Barker talking to Anthony about um, why he was in prison and what he's going to do when he goes back and all of this. And I thought it was just going to be like dark, annoying, and gritty all the way through. And then you have the worst pies in London, and it comes up with this giant, nice, energetic ensemble. And then it just continues onward from there. You have an entire fun song about cannibalism called A Little Priest, and they just discuss for like four minutes about how tasty certain people with certain occupation could be. The priest tastes great. The shop tastes fantastic. The grocer is green. Don't eat poets. You know, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic and things to talk about, things to sing about. And it conveys pain, longing, and paranoia even in some cases. Um, I'm not going to say that uh, the old, the crazy old women is a very good representation because it was like 18th century London and, you know, but it's still, it was, it was a great conveyor of what everybody was feeling. And it stuck with the story. The story never seemed to get too interrupted. There were times where it did, but overall it didn't seem to interrupt itself too much with the musical numbers. And I thought that was more gripping because I was, it enables you to be more invested in the story and the soundtrack. You care about both enough to like even buy the, the physical soundtrack, which I did because the story and the songs kept me so interested, so invested. And I just, I loved the way it was shot. I loved the way it was written. Um, all of the interesting themes and narratives that the songs were able to convey and all around, I, I, just, I think it deserves the number two spot, mainly because it's one of the very few musicals out there that I can process and say, hey, this is incredibly digestible to people who like dark palettes, but also like very interesting and gripping songs. And so that's, that would be my argument over both of those. I'm sorry I'm, so cry- I'm sorry I'm so critical about The Dark Knight. I love the movie, and I like the soundtrack a little bit, but it's just one of those things where I can't look past the similarity between every song. It's like they blend through to they bleed each other through. Um, no, I mean, uh it's you know, don't be sorry for your point of view, man. Um mm-hmm. art is very subjective, so like um it's cool that we all have different unique tastes. Um I never you know, I not a big fan of that film. I know, like, every, when you were saying everything, I was like, yeah, um, I agree with you. Those are some great moments. And I don't, I don't personally think that it's horrible. I think it's great. Um, but I don't know if it deserves to be on this list this high at that spot. But, um, Tatum, what do you think about replacing the Dark Knight with the Demon Barber? 
I was actually a little afraid, afraid that this would happen, Isaac, is because Sweeney Todd was actually my number one pick. And I know that you have the number one. I don't know if you had a different option that you were number one. I do agree with you. I think that Sweeney Todd should be above Beetlejuice, but I thought it should be at number one. That is absolutely, it is a beauty, and it's one of the, one of my favorite music, it's my, it's actually, I'm sorry, it's my favorite musical, like straight up musical. I love Sweeney Todd. I think all of the music in it is eerie and fun and creepy and, and just so funny and interesting all at the same time. Um, but I do think it deserves the number one spot. And that's what I was hoping would happen. I was hoping you would pick it for number one uh, rather than than argue with me on number two because I think that both Beetlejuice and Sweeney Todd deserve to be on this list. Um, I don't know if you had a different pick or something. but uh, as far as like, <laughs> As far as the, the Dark Knight goes, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, the soundtrack itself didn't resonate with me. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, I don't think the soundtrack is nearly as important as anything else in that movie. Um, but I'm going to have to, I mean, if you if you wanted something else to be number one and you want to continue to argue with me on, on it being number two, then I'm going to stick with my guns and say that Beetlejuice deserves the number two spot. It absolutely does. And I adore Beetlejuice, and I'm going to stand by my guns. I think it's one of the best soundtracks out there. It's so amazing. It's so good. And it's just, I mean, I can play that soundtrack, and I can just jam out to that soundtrack over and over and over again, and I won't ever get tired of it. Okay. So, um, what? okay, just real quick. If we're going to throw out, if we're going to talk about um, Sweeney Todd, what about Sleepy Hollow? That was a pretty cool movie. I liked it a lot better than I did the Sweeney Todd one, and Danny Elfman did that, and I thought that was cool. But I don't know. Personally, um, you know, that's that. Shoot, I don't know what we're going to do here. I I think it's it's your call, man. Like, um, I guess um, you're gonna, if we're going to have the number one spot. Yeah, if this is, I got to, because I got to argue the number one, because I know exactly what my number one is. It's, it's, a, it's I'm so sorry it's going to come out of left field, too. But um, <laughs> for the sake of this, let's go ahead and agree with Beetlejuice, because I can take Beetlejuice and, and lose Sweeney Todd here. Um, I can take Okay. That. So I'll okay. take I'll go ahead and take Beetlejuice as number two. Okay, I'm putting an asterisk behind Scooby Doo and Beetlejuice. By the way, I'm just kidding. That's fine. We can still come back to that. We can still oh, come no. back. To that. Yeah, we have. I think we should definitely come back to this. Um, yeah. I'm, and it's funny, guys, because like I don't want to flat out disagree. You all make great points, which is really it's really tough. Like, my number one pick, I would love, you know, when we get to that, I would love to hear everyone's number one pick just for fun, just for the yeah. fun of it. But, okay, I think so. before we get to number one, let's do a quick recap. Yay, recap. Oh, really? Anyway, number <laughs> number 10 is the Shrek franchise. Uh, number nine is Perks of Being a Wallflower. Number eight is Blade Runner. Uh, number seven is Forrest Gump. 
Number six is Hercules. Number five is Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope. Uh, number four is both Guardians of the Galaxy volumes. And number <laughs> number three is Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to say that with a straight face. And number two is uh, Beetlejuice. Isaac, hit us with number one, man. Gladly. In fact, if you'll permit me just a second, um, I'm going to go ahead and get my uh, box because I can name. Ah, I'll just find the box while I'm talking about it. Um, <laughs> if I bought this, I actually bought this physically. Um, oh, here it is. So the number one pick I have is the soundtrack and original score, both, to Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, one of my all-time favorite films, Ever. Ever. I was introduced to this franchise very late. Uh, it was like after The Devil's Rejects had come out. Um, way after. I think I, only saw, I think I only saw House of Thousand Corpses about like, 2014, I think. Uh, so a couple of years ago. But I fell in love with it immediately and like became madly obsessed with it forever. Um, <laughs> and there are so many aspects of this soundtrack that I love. And I do love Rob Zombie, full disclosure. Uh, I've, I've been a Rob Zombie fan for quite a very long time. I've never seen him live, but I pray that one day I get to. And um, I, I didn't know he made movies. I just know that he made, you know, super bangers like Dracula and Red Red Truby. And so I, and when I figured out he did movies too, I was interested. The soundtrack is so haunting. And by haunting, I mean it, it conveys everything that's terrible and great about the film. The original score is so tense, especially in the opening scene when you have the robbers trying to intimidate uh, Captain Spaulding and his friend, and Captain Spaulding is, like, spewing obscenities at him, and he's yelling at him, and he's like, you can shoot me all you want, but you better take the chicken. So I put my boot up, yes, and you go home. <laughs> I thought that was a really nice effect when they had all this tense, like, stringish type of music going on. And then it drops to the, the title card sequence where there's all these, where all the credits are, and you have this, this dark, bluesy, very uh, backwoods type of heavy grunge song playing. And it conveys the uncomfortableness, the darkness that's about to come. And you have fantastic little bits like that peppered out. And then you get to the stranger parts where you have tracks like I Want to Be Loved by You by Helen Kane, which uh, for those who aren't aware of who Helen Kane is, she's a very old artist, presumably I think from the 50s or 60s or possibly um, before that. She, I'm not sure if she was the voice of Betty Boop at any point, but she was involved in a Betty Boop cartoon. And that's, I think that's where part of the, I think that's where the song came from. And if not any of that, she just sounds like Betty Boop. And it was a really fun scene that always grabs my attention because you have the female character, uh, Baby Firefly, and she's doing this, uh, she's doing like this, this four show for the guests. And she's like mocking them and she's flirting with one of the guys who uh, 
you know, who had like a jealous girlfriend and the jealous girlfriend gets angry and pushes baby and baby, you know, threatens the killer. And all the while this, this happy, you know, I want to be loved by you, just you. And, and that's playing while all this drama, all this, all this, this, this fighting is going on. It's very intense. And then Rufus busts through the door and says, car's done. And it, it just ended up being this very interesting point where you went a lot, you went, you had a lot of highs, you had a lot of lows, and you weren't sure when the next high was going to be, when one of the fireflies would trigger a song that would end up being, you know, like contradicted to their character. You had just, you had like parallel scenes where the, uh, I want to sniff some glue, an old punk song by the Ramones. Um, was playing while Baby is playing with a stuffed animal and there's a dead cheerleader in her bed. And she's taunting the other cheerleader who's handcuffed directly next to her, her dead friend, while I Want to Sniff Some Glue, which is like a, a rebellious anthem for teenagers at the time. And it's just a very odd song to be playing at that, at that moment. And I think that a lot of the, you know, Rob Zombie as a musician did a very well and good job um, lining up all the songs and making sure they were played in the right sequence. And uh, all around, there's not too many um, movies that I think handled what House of a Thousand Corpses did at its time. And I think the most memorable thing about this soundtrack, if anything, what caught me was when the cops were killed, uh, when the cops were shot by the Firefly family in their home, um, there was a country song called I Remember You by Slim Whitman. And it started playing. All of the audio disappeared, and it was only the song. You couldn't hear the screams anymore. You couldn't hear the, the gunshots, the rustling, the running, the screaming. You couldn't hear any of it. It was You just saw it all. And they played the whole song through. And when the song finished, you just saw an image of Otis and the cop. And the cop had his hands on his head, and Otis had the gun to his head. And eventually, it just, it just panned out, it just panned out for the longest time, and it was utter and complete silence. And the gunshot goes off, and the fireflies have done it. They evaded the cops, and they get to have their sadistic evil fun. And it was a very interesting point in the movie where the tone seemed to change. Everything got kind of darker and kind of wackier. And eventually things kind of spiraled out of control and things didn't even make sense anymore. And the soundtrack that followed that was just eerie, irritating almost. It was almost annoying to listen to. I kind of hated it almost. I didn't even want to watch for a while because it was just annoying. And I loved that there was this point of irritation because it wasn't, something that made me want to look away all the time, but it had me irritated enough to be like, all right, we done? Are we done yet? Is, is, is something going to happen to her or what? And I, I just love that, that, that era of suspense, that era of tension throughout the whole film. Um, so that's why I would go ahead and feature um, House of Thousand Corpses at number one. And just a side note, it also spawned a strange cover of Brick House by Rob Zombie featuring Lionel Richie and rapper Trina, which is very strange. That she's like early 2000s rap. 
<laughs> so it was a weird remix that I liked a whole lot. So yeah, that's that's my take for number one. What do you guys think? Well, that's a, a very interesting choice. Uh, I I haven't seen that movie probably since it came out. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I I think there is something to say stylistically for Rob Zombie's films and um, his use of music. Like I really, honestly can't can't speak on it because I can't remember. It doesn't stick out for me personally. Um, I'm going to pass the puck over to Tatum. How do you feel about A House of a Thousand Courses? So, I actually have to agree with Isaac on this. I love that movie. It's, so, first of all, I love Rob Zombie. Ooh, excuse me. I love Rob Zombie. I think he's a phenomenal director. He's And his stuff... He's also an artist, and his soundtracks for the movies that he directs shows shows that shows that his artistry moves through not only his directing but oof, also his soundtracks. So, the House of the Thousand Corpses soundtrack is so grungy and eerie, and it has so much to do with the tone of the movie. Like, it's one of those. Without that soundtrack, the movie wouldn't be as creepy as it is. And so I do have to agree with Isaac on this one. I'll have to go with House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it's, uh, I'm trying to um, kind of, like, figure out, like, a great alternative that could, like, satisfy both of us. But I think um, that's a very interesting number one pick. Um, it's it, it's definitely, I'll be honest with you, not a direction I thought I would go down when um, thinking about a number one. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Rob Zombie is extremely talented within his own genre. Um, some of the things that he he does, and this, I, I don't necessarily like, it's not my flavor, but I respect the man's talent. I respect he's a great musician. He's a great director. Like you said, he, he, he's an artist. He knows how to um, get the visuals. He knows how to put the sound to it. I'm not taking away his artistic talent. I just feel like nothing he's done, uh, soundtrack-wise, let's just put it that way. Nothing, I don't think it's iconic enough. I don't think that there's really been anything that like, sticks out in, in my head that goes, oh, that's a Rob Zombie movie. Uh, I just... I, it, not taking away from anything that you guys said, and it, I'm sure that he, you know, hits the emotional tones with his soundtrack that most um, filmmakers try to seek out and do. But I just, for the life of me, I've seen a couple of his films, and even his films aren't, uh, they are, they are, they're entertaining, I'll give you that. Uh, I just don't think of anything that stands out to be iconic for me with, um, with him and, and his music, per se, but like I said, it's not really my flavor. But if I was to throw one out there while we have a little bit of time, um, I would throw out um, – uh, hear me out. It's the it's the James Bond series. Uh, that's just um, – oh. I think – I just – because you got to think about, like, it's, it's at number one. And I, I recently watched this biography, and I was listening, and this guy edited down all of the opening sequences with, like, the gunshot, you know? title sequence of every James Bond film kind of opens up, not every, sorry, a couple of them didn't open that way. Um, 
but that soundtrack has been around since 1962, and it's in some shape or form been modernized since 1962. They're still going with it, still iconic now. I think that um, the, the theme of James Bond and the music going hand in hand with him, he is the character. There's no other music you can put to him. To, if someone made a movie and didn't have the James Bond themes in it, the internet would lose their minds. It's that iconic. It, it's like a throwback to the classic trumpet mixed with the orchestral theme that puts you in this um, ultra-realistic realm of espionage. Let's just face it. If James Bond was a spy, he's the worst fucking spy in the world <laughs> because he gets caught constantly. But it it, it helps kind of like... Uh, I think the the music throughout those films helps glamorize that uh, that spy world that he's in, and I think it, it it's iconic. It stands the test of time, and that's proven um, through all the films that have come since 1962. It might even be 63. I'm not 100 percent sure. I forgot, but I really do think that it deserves to be on the list at number one for its iconic. Because just for the sheer fact that it's withstand decades and decades, it's still in every Bond film in some shape or form um, since the sixties. I really think that you just can't you can't ignore that. And I think that I think you guys are making great points. I just think the time. I think that his best film still isn't out there yet. I still think like he has a really good one up his sleeve, and I really feel like time will tell whether or not he he gets the appreciation he deserves with his his artwork. Um, but I feel like James Bond, I think that those themes, they have to be on here at some point. Do you guys agree? Or am I just like way off? I don't think you're off base, but I don't. Okay. So here's what I've never enjoyed about James Bond. I've never actually enjoyed a single James Bond. movie. I don't, I don't like them at all. And I think the reason was that like, I grew up in a seven, I, I grew up in a lot of different settings, but none of those settings were exactly ones where I, I was like interested in James Bond because James Bond have this like this air of masculinity about him that I did not enjoy. I think that I, I always I always thought I always felt like James Bond was really creepy and everything he did was just kinda creepy and, 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 and at a lot of times like and it was like it was like harmful. It was like harmless, like little aggression at, at like wor- at best, and then at worst it was like completely avoiding consent situations. And it is like I never liked that James Bond had no he had like no idea about what consent was. And I get it. The movies are old, and men are old, and old men made those movies, and that's how old men act. And I, I feel that, but I did when I watched it. It made me uncomfortable. And James Bond always consistently made me uncomfortable because he was a man I looked at and thought, I don't want to be that guy. But I noticed a lot of people around me did, and that was like James Bond was like the guy everyone kind of looked up to a little bit because he was the super cool spy dude who beat the villains and got the girl every time. And I never found that realistic or interesting. And I have like no, I have like nothing to really say about it. You make a funny argument because you never found it real. Like, 
I could make the same argument for like Lord of the Rings. Like, you know what I mean? I like, yeah. You, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, you know, I'm not everything you say about him being a womanizer, and you know, yeah, he 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 crossed that line and he wrote it. But you know, I didn't walk around like an arrogant little kid, like taking advantage of kids on the playground. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Well, I don't, I, I don't I think that was. I didn't mean to convey that. I, I'm not saying that yeah. that's what the fan did or anything, because you know, people are normal. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what they were trying to convey outwardly, and I just wasn't comfortable oh, with yeah, that type I, of masculinity itself. They were. Aggressive. You know, they were. You're right. They exactly were. Yeah. But how I interpret it was just, you know, uh, just I wanted to be cool like James Bond. But I was more or less, you know, because there's a lot of things about James Bond that I disagree with, and I don't even like um, some of the movies. Or some of them are just downright fucking boring. But I can't, right. as a film, as a film guy, Ignored the cultural significance of da 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 da. I mean, dude, I'm sorry, and I will argue that point till the cows come home. I think that that takes precedence. Um, if we're talking, if we're talking about the best horror short, uh, 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 it's the best horror list, or it's the best of the 2000s to till now. You, Rob Zombie, probably, yeah, but we're you know we're spanning you know all of film and. Um, I feel like it's you know it you just really can't ignore that cultural. That's why I'm kind of sticking with it a little bit. But I I hear your points. It's not everyone's flavor. Uh, Tatum, you haven't really kind of you've been a little quiet. So how do you feel about this? Um, so I I, I get what you mean by cultural cultural significance and you know being iconic. Um, but also when it comes to soundtracks. I also have to point out that if we're talking about the best, right, the best, the top ten, the best soundtracks, we can't just be like, well, it was iconic, so it's automatically the best. And and that that can't be true all the time because there are plenty of things that are recent and, and underground and things that didn't get as much public, you know, notoriety that are way better than things that do get public notoriety. And that's how I feel about James Bond. I feel like James Bond is, while it is, it is iconic and it's a, and it's had, it's a long franchise. It's never, it was never something that I watched and I was like, wow, this is really amazing. This is super great. Cause it wasn't, it was, it was an idea that caught on that became iconic, but wasn't that great. Like it just became a name. Like he was, he was James Bond, and it became a name, and so people would watch it because it's James Bond, mm. and there wasn't a lot of, of artisticness and and creativity thrown into it. It was just, well, it's a brand, it makes money, it does this. And I'm not saying that like James Bond is bad. I just that's how I felt, and that's how I feel about certain franchises, like not just James Bond, but there are other franchises. And I mean, sometimes I make arguments that I'm like, well, it's 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 staple, it's a staple, and it needs to be notarized, and that then with some things that is true. But when we're talking about artistically great soundtracks, I have to agree with House of a Thousand Corpses. It is an artistically beautiful soundtrack, and it's just created so well, and just it it does something for the movie that like yeah. when I watch House of a Thousand Corpses, it's an art. 
Like it's a masterpiece. It is something that I marvel at. With James Bond, I don't do that, <laughs> and so I can't I can't vouch for James Bond because of that. Oh, that's that's fair. That's it's interesting. You you make you know you uh you make some great you make some great points, and you you're right. There's a difference between cultural significance and actually being good. But can you can you can we both agree that if it wasn't somewhat good, why in the hell is it still around? So there has to be I'm something with the, with the cultural significance that has the that has the kind of like um, you know you're right. It, it, you're right, but I feel like there's also that part where you know, yes, it, but it, it also is good at the same time. If it if it, if it having to be a niche and it kind of caught on as a little thing and, and it evolved and it was lucky enough to survive all these decades, and, and you're right, but I also feel like there's a reason why it's because it's good, and you can and, and it, it may not be. I'm sorry. Oh, you're cutting out. I couldn't hear you. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm not okay. saying that it's a bad franchise. I think it's. I mean, it's still a good franchise. Like it does have a reason, but I don't think that it is much. It, I don't think it's nearly as good as some of the current things that are coming out. And I don't think that it just because it has cultural significance doesn't mean it's better than Rob Zombie. Go ahead. Good point. Good point. And it and I agree. And it's all up to. You know, like, we, we, we kind of get, like, we talk about all these kind of things, guys, but, in, you know, in all reality, art is very subjective, and it's very unique and different. We all see things completely different ways, and I think that's beautiful, by the way. And never, you know, don't get me wrong, if we all disagree, it, it doesn't mean that I feel any different about anybody. Um, for our taste of movies, I think it's really cool that we all have different, unique tastes in movies, and you guys really seem to love this this Rob Zombie thing, and maybe I was personally not looking at it the same way you guys are, so I might have to check out A House of a Thousand Corpses. I might have to YouTube that after the show and see if maybe I need to put my eyeballs back on that one. But, you you know, you're right. Just because it's the cultural significance doesn't make it better than any other one. I was just more or less thinking as a whole film, everything. It's just so hard to even compile these lists, guys, and the fact that we even try to do this, we should just pat each other on the back because you know, we know, you know, we're going to disagree. You know, it's it's just. I think it's with everything and all the films throughout history, it's just very hard to compile a top ten list. Period. And I think that um, we've got some great debates going on with this one too. And it's it's no it's no different than you know any other. It's just it's hard, basically, where I'm getting at. Um, Isaac. So I think that um, House of a Thousand Corpses um, wins the spot at number one. Now let's right. go back in and let's um let's review this list real quick um and see if you and we'll um give each other like last thoughts about maybe shifting um some around and I'll just read the list real quick guys. We got Shrek at number sure. ten, um the perks of being a wallflower at number nine, uh our number eight pick is Blade Runner, number seven is Forrest Gump, Hercules comes in at number six, Star Wars and New Hope comes in at number five. Both Guardians of the Galaxy volumes at number four. Scooby-Doo Zombie Island at number three. Beetlejuice at number two. And House of a Thousand Corpses at number one. And for final rebuttals and shuffles, I'll go to Tatum for your thoughts on the list. Um, so I'm actually, 
I'm actually pretty happy with this list. I think that it's non, I think it's non-conventional for sure. It's not like what, like if you were to think generally what people would rank the top 10 soundtracks would be. But I like that. I like that it actually has, you put in a lot of, of different things, very different things in this list that all deserve notoriety for how good their soundtracks were. Um, uh I do wish that we had a spot for the Poltergeist soundtrack. I really do. I wish we did. Uh, I'm a little sad that we didn't. Um, but uh, I, I honestly am happy with the list the way it is, really. Actually, I'm going to be real with you. Now that I think about it, I would like to switch Hercules and Scooby-Doo because I love Scooby-Doo, and that was, my, that, was, that was my suggestion. But I do think that Hercules and Scooby-Doo should probably swap places. Because I do think Hercules is better than Scooby Doo. Yeah, I agree with you um, that this list is extremely eclectic, and I'm reading it as I go down, and it's like, wow, we all have you. This is this is probably one of the unique, most unique top ten lists I've ever seen, and I think that's awesome that we all have our own unique um, flavor of film, and we bring such diverse and unique. I think we we always do that with our top ten list personally. But so your so your poll is to want to move from uh, Hercules from number six to number three and swatch it out with Scooby Doo, Isaac. Yeah. How do you feel about the list? And do you want to slide any around? And at the end of it, let us know if you want to move Hercules, and we'll take that vote. Um, I do want. I have I have a couple of rebuttals. Um, so uh, just just a quick. I know I know it's it's very much a long shot. But um, have either of you ever seen um, either of Devil's Carnival films? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, long shot. If you want to watch a nice musical, that's very interesting. Or um, it's made by the same guys who did Repo the Genetic Opera, if you've ever seen that. Um, it's done by the same guys. But um, I was actually thinking about um, – so wait, what did we want to change number three to again? We wanted to change Hercules at number six to Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island at number three. I, I don't know what that means. So what's at number two then? No, we're switching Hercules from six to three in the, and Scooby-Doo oh. from three to six. Okay, that's what I'm trying to – okay, so – Sorry, my bad. So Scooby-Doo is at number – so you're, you're putting Scooby-Doo at number six and you're putting Hercules at number three. Yes, number three. Okay. Okay, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering. So, I was actually thinking possibly at number three. Um, oh damn! Well, okay, we're gonna scrap that. Um, then actually, I have an alternate suggestion for Scooby Doo. Um, I wouldn't necessarily normally want it at number six, but I actually just want it there instead because I think this is something we can actually kind of all agree on. Maybe. Um, what do you guys think about switching out Scooby Doo? For Ghostbusters. Oh man, it's, Ghostbusters is, is on my list. It's on my personal list at number uh, number four. Um, I'm all for it, but you guys were really passionate about this one. I don't want to defer you, so like I, I'm fine with it if it's Ghostbusters. If, if it's not that, if we can't come to that, then I, I'll stick by Scooby Doo. But I think. 
I, I feel weird not having Ghostbusters on the list. It well, now that you wrong. say that, I do too. <laughs> I, I I agree. I do think Ghostbusters should be on this list, and I'm okay with placing Scooby Doo with Ghostbusters. Really? Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is just like, like yeah. hell yeah, like go- hell uh, yeah, yeah. Because Ghostbusters is like the '80s movie. It was like the '80s movie, and the soundtrack yeah. reflected the current time super well. And I'll even argue that the second one did that same thing too. Although the second one is not as good as the first. It's basically just like the same movie, but it did have a good soundtrack. I, I, I agree. Um, I like this. Uh, I like this decision. I'm glad we all can kind of agree on it. And yeah, you're right. When it comes to, uh, it has, a, it, it, it was, it's, it's, it's a part of that era where, you know, big blockbusters have to have, um, you know, a famous uh, singer do their theme song. And it is one of those. And some of those movies are really bad at it, but this one, is really good at using it. I think it. I think it definitely deserves to be on this list. Um, I think. Do, oh, so we're, are we all in agreement that we're going to keep Hercules at six, and then we're going to replace Scooby Doo, uh, Zombie Island with Ghostbusters? Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, right. I'm fine with that. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, revitalized list is uh, Shrek at number 10, Perks of Being a Wallflower at number 9, Blade Runner at number 8, Forrest Gump at number 7, Hercules at number 6, Star Wars at number 5, both uh, Guardians of the Galaxy volumes at number 4, Ghostbusters at number 3, Beetlejuice at number 2, and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses at number 1. Sound good? <laughs> yeah. Sounds great for me. This um, is a very interesting list, guys. I must say. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very surprised by the turnout. This is very effective. I think we should throw out. I think it's. Does anybody have like some honorable mentions? Maybe I have a couple of honorable. I do too. I do too. We yeah. could, we just okay. need that Sarah McLaughlin music playing in the background. Like you know, it could have been you, but we didn't pick you. Uh, <laughs> let's start with. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. You know what I'm talking um, about, thinking, like that music <laughs> where she's like trying to get you yes. to adopt a dog or something like that. In the uh, arms of an angel, we should lift these with an arm. <laughs> uh, Tatum, what is an also ran for you or a runner-up? Okay, so an honorable mention for me would have to be the. Uh, uh, night or uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. Oh, um, this guy should be on this list. I keep for, you guys bring up some great movies. I forget about. And I wish oh it was on the list. It's definitely an honorable mention. It deserves to be talked about. It deserves notoriety. It was so 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 good. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. It deserves. It it deserves to be a spot on this list. I'm even willing to take. Oh no, I'm not. Hold on, I'm not willing to replace any of my picks because you guys barely let me have my picks. So, but I still think it should be recognized as awesome. I love it, Tim Burton, Danny Elfman. I love the puppetry. That's that's awesome, man. I love that film. What about you, Isaac? What's the, what's the runner up for you? 
Um, man, I, I just have a couple. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say they're runner ups or anything, but I just, I just think that they're they're worth mentioning. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll mention. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So uh, I definitely liked um, a soundtrack that little that stuck with me for a little while. Um, is the uh, Silver Linings Playbook soundtrack? I love that movie to absolute death. I think Jennifer Lawrence is freaking perfect in it, and so is. Bradley Cooper, and I, it was funny because I had uh, I'd watched the first, I had watched Silver Linings Playbook before I saw Guardians, and so I was like, oh, I love Bradley Cooper. Whoa, he is in Guardians. I love Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so that was neat um, to see him play in Rocket, but uh, I, I like that one. It's just really sweet. Song that goes Wait, Brad, Bradley Cooper stuff. played Rocket. Yeah, he's Rocket. No way. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's the voice of Rocket. You didn't know that? Why did I not? How did I not know that? I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I knew it at one point, but I must have forgot. But I I must he have forgot. I might have been usual for Rocket. But interesting. I must have um, forgot about that. That's crazy. Yeah. So Silver Linings Playbook is a nice honorable mention. Uh, another honorable mention. Um, I might as well we may as well do like a whole episode on musicals or something, but uh, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, and I mean the Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah, it has some great original Ryan. music in that. Oh, man. Although, I don't like And Martin. I think her voice is so airy and annoying. Seymour? 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 Right, yeah, but you're, it's got some great original <laughs> Um, songs in that one, you know, um, with um, uh, yeah. Steve Martin is in it. He does a fantastic job as that dentist she guy. Like, I great. love that film. Is, is, yeah, that is definitely an honorable mention for sure. Um, great. Uh, you guys bring up some great classic films that I just haven't thought of in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, for me, I think should be on this list, and yeah, I'm going to get it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think the Man of Steel soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it, if you're going to argue the point, like Hans Zimmer, this is nothing like Man of, I mean, nothing like uh, Dark Knight. So I, I can I can tell you personally that there are a few tracks that sound the same, but it's only because they're supposed to be grouped together at the same time. So you get a half of beat mixing into another half of beat. But I really do think that flight is beautiful when he when he takes off for the first time. Tell me you don't get goosebumps listening to that. I don't know how you don't get emotional when you listen to Last on a Krypton or any of the the, the soundtracks of uh, on that film without you know automatically taking you to the scene that they're in, like terraforming and there's one called General Zod and You're a Maniac. It's just these great um, piano tones. It's just I, I think it. For me, it's definitely a beautiful soundtrack that I listen to constantly and that it just gives me goosebumps and it makes me feel sad and triumphant. And they talk about that film not being very heroic or full of hope. And I say B.S. I love that soundtrack and it gives me, you know, it doesn't give me hope, but like I listen to it when I work and if I'm working out, I love it. I think it should have been on this list. But I really do think that it's an honorable mention. What do you guys think? Uh, um. Well, I like the. I won't argue with the soundtrack by any means. Um, it was a pretty good soundtrack, actually. Oh. And um, I'm, I'm, I, I think it definitely deserves 
honorable mention. Um, I guess I'm only doing this because I like to talk trash on Man of Steel. We all know that. But I don't know. The heroism thing just kind of flew out the window at the end of it when Superman was like, I'm not going to do anything you want. And you can't stop me. I can kill you right now. You've got to trust me. Bye. I, just, I don't know. I just, that rubbed me the wrong no, way. You no, know, you, know, you know, you're right. He's like, I, I look back and go, what the fuck, Superman? Dick like, why do you got to be a dick? Like, why is he standing there with this, like, <laughs> ha- like he's just like, hey, you're not going to control me. And you never will. Mm-hmm. Why do you got to be a dick, home, dude? <laughs> I, I get it. I know. But uh, say what you want about the tone yeah. of Man of Steel. But I, oh, I really think that's a beautiful soundtrack. I, <laughs> I, I bought the soundtrack before I saw the the film. That's how much I I I just I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, but it's really you know, oh. I I tend to like things that are either loved or hated. So it's very hard for me to uh, for find somebody to agree with me one hundred percent. But I thought we did a great job, you, guys, with this list. I tell you what, um, I know we're running low on time. Uh, we only got like four yeah. minutes, but um, something that like. It's it's so painful. It's so painful to admit. I do have an honorable mention. It's so painful to admit, though. Oh, oh man, you guys, the Suicide Squad soundtrack was actually good. It was absolutely really good. No, I hate that's my guilty pleasure. But it was okay. It was okay. No, I have to agree with you. Like the movie was garbage, but the soundtrack was. Fucking phenomenal. We're going to go back and listen to Bohemian Rhapsody again and again and again and again. I sure as shit did. I went back to Queen and went, fuck Queen Rock? Oh, yeah. Panic did it so good. That's the only shining star. It was the longest. No, it isn't. uh, You know, Suicide Squad is the best and longest music video ever made. There you go, Suicide Squad. That's the most love you're ever going to get from me. The That's hell of a music video hard, with some Batman with with some Batman themes to it. It's a hell of a music video with some Batman themes in it. It's kind of cool, but yeah, Suicide Squad guys. Anyway, uh, we're getting close to the end here. Tatum, Isaac, it was a pleasure. Always I love talking with you guys. Thanks for um, joining us. The last words, Tatum. Um, not that I can think of. <laughs> Famous last um, words. Not that I can think of. <laughs> um, it's been a really fun show, you guys. This has been like a super fun show. I like that we got to showcase um, more of our thoughts on film as well as our thoughts on the sounds that go with them. I think this has been an excellent cast. Uh, and I'm really excited for next week because I think we have that topic nailed down for next week. And uh, I think I believe, uh, I believe we'll be. Are gonna be huh? Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be debating DC in some form or fashion. The topic is still kind of up there. I think we're going to talk about what we can do to fix it or what should be done to fix it or if we even need to fix it. But tune in next week, guys. It's going to be a very, very, very hot topic. Guys, I had a lot of fun. Um, Check us out, Geek 5 Nations, on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and let us know what you think about the top tens. You can come and check us out on iTunes once this is loaded up. And I will see you guys in the next top 10. Have a good one. You too, man. Peace out.